Well, if you've got your notes, let's go ahead and get into that. And uh, we are in the third part of the series that we've called Regifting Christmas. Now, last Sunday, um, we had some people just openly, just openly awesome. Let's give them, let's give our people a round of applause. Thank you, management. Y'all are awesome. Um, and so. Uh, that uh, we had a worship team Christmas party last Sunday night at the uh, um, at the Collins home. They opened up their home, and we had a great time with everybody that's involved with the worship. And uh, so I get the text on you know what we're supposed to do. I was like, okay, what do we need to what do we need to do about food? Do we need to bring stuff? And um, the text says, just bring your ugly mug and come. Now, what would you think? What would you think? You'd think that Russ was just, I took it lightheartedly. I didn't have to get in my corner and pray and pout. And so uh, I took it lightheartedly. I thought he was just being funny. Well, right before we leave, a few hours later, Cutie says, oh, we need to get our mugs. And I was like, okay. Um, what are we doing? She goes, it's an ugly mug exchange. Ah, that makes it sense. Russ doesn't normally insult me. And so there are some people that insult me, but Russ isn't one of them. And uh, I think I think I think you were laughing when you typed it. I think you were. And uh, anyway, so there at this at the Christmas party, people brought mugs, and some of them were ugly, and some of them weren't. Some of them were kind of cool. And uh, so there were some people actually in the gift exchange deal. They were doing a little Christmas shopping. And so they had some people in mind that they were going to get these mugs and then give them away. We call that little trick regifting, whereas a gift has been given to you and you pass it right along. That is what this series is all about, that you and I as believers, we are recipients of the greatest gift ever. And we need to make sure a lot of times in normal world, regifting is kind of this tacky little idea. That maybe you got something you weren't really going to use or appreciative of and then you kind of rewrap it and you pass it on and you hopefully don't give it back to the person that gave it to you. And uh, it's an awkward moment. And, um, and so, uh, but this, this <coughs> is when we g- give back and give forward the greatest gift that we've ever been given. Christmas is the time for us to re-gift Jesus. For us to make sure that our friends and our loved ones are aware of what God has done in our lives. And that he loves them too. And he's willing to move in their lives and touch their lives. This is the time where we get to sit down and have conversations we don't get to have the rest of the year. Where we get sitting in front of a football game or we're sitting around a, a, a table playing cards or whatever. And there's all sorts of conversation. This is the time. Where we have those little divine moments and we can let somebody else know what God has done in our lives. I'm not saying shove your Jesus down their throat. I'm saying, hey, we're talking about life here. And we just let that be known. So if you've got your notes, the greatest gift ever given was presented on Christmas. And this is the gift that's right to re-gift. See, Luke 2 tells us, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That is so critical that we understand that. That it is for everybody. 
It is for the person who, you, who your heart connects to the greatest. And it is for the person that you would love to get away with giving a little backhand to. If you can just sneak over and give them a little whack and get away with it, you'd love to be able, you know that person. It comes to mind. This is the person I'd love to just give them a little pop. Um, God and this truth is for everybody. It's for all people. And we need to understand that. And it, Jesus was initially came to the, to the house of Israel, the Jewish people. And the reason for that is because there needed to be a group of people on the planet that were looking for this to happen. And God spoke to Abraham and all of these things. And, the, and there was a, a nation was preserved and there were prophets in that nation. And there were a group of people looking for Messiah to show up. There had to be some group recognize it. If Jesus had just randomly come and nobody was looking for him, nobody knew that there was something big going to enter the scene, then humanity would not have been able to embrace it the way we have. But because there was a chosen people, the people of Israel, because they existed and because there was prophets and because there was, they were, God had set them apart, they were there to be the ones to keep their eye open. God is going to do something. Messiah is going to show up. So guess who Messiah shows up to? Guess who Jesus shows up to? He shows up to those people that are looking for him. And this, we see that there was a, uh, that it was going to be for all people. They were the ones looking for him, but the wise people recognized and they saw that it wasn't just going to be about them. That it was going to be about the whole world. And we understand this, and we know this from a song that they would sing. And we're going to look at it here in Psalm 67, 1. And here I love it that in the Bible there are instructions. Just straight up directions. Here it is. For the director of music. This morning that would have been for Russ. For the director of music. With stringed instruments. I'm thankful that that... There we go. Stringed instruments belong in church. There we go. A psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah, which means think about that. That your ways may be known on the earth. Your salvation among all nations, among everybody. May the peoples, not just themselves, they were a people. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For, your, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. Selah. Think about it. They knew it was coming. They sang about it. It was one of their songs that they sang. And it finally, finally took place. All that time ago. We've got a song this morning that I think presents that impact so well. Hold on now, I gotta take a deep breath. Don't know what to say when I look in your eyes 
made the world before I was born, but here I am holding you in my arms tonight. Noel, Noel, Jesus, I on our own but you're here I don't know how long I'm gonna have you for but I'll be watching when you change the world and look at your hands are still so small but someday you're gonna stretch them out and save us all. And Noel, Noel, God with us, Emmanuel, in your To the face of my Savior, King and Creator, you could have left us on our own, but you're here, you're But you leave your spirit and flood the world with joy. And you'll be here. And I'm holding you so near. And I'm staring into the face of my Savior, King and Creator. You could have left me on my own. But you're here, you're here, hallelujah, you're what Christmas is about. That there was this people that had an awareness that God was going to do something significant on the earth. That Messiah, that the anointed one, the one that was going to correct 
everything was going to come. And he's come. He's here. He has come. And that is what this Christmas season is about. It's about that, that God intervened and changed everything. That God had, had done what he had promised he would do. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. It was the fulfillment of this promise that, that convinced, that convinced <clears throat> Joseph to go ahead and to take Mary as his wife. I mean, this is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. This is a once, there's, the Immaculate Conception is a one-time thing, folks. And, you know, it's been said over and over again of how many eyebrows that would have raised. That here, that there is this, <clears throat> this woman betrothed to Joseph, and he was going to be cool about it. He was going to be cool about it. Under the law, he could have had her stoned. He could have had her killed. And she knew that, which is what took so, such incredible courage for her to say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'll do this. And she became impregnated and was carrying the Son of God. And then Joseph is like, man, he's freaked out. And he decided he was going to, he was going to do the noble thing. He wasn't going to pull the lever and, and, and have her stoned like he could have under the law of the land. He was just going to put her away quietly. Just going to quietly wash his hands of it and be done. And the angel shows up and reminds him of what was saying right there in Psalm 67. Let's look at Matthew 1. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. He's the one we've all been singing about all this time. He's the one. He is here. He, we're bringing him through Mary. See, Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is for everyone. That was what the angel sang out in the field. That was what was prophesied by the, by the prophets. That was what was sang about in the Psalms. That was what the angel spoke forth to Joseph. That is what this is all about. But guess what, folks? Not everybody can see it. So we're going to have to, and we're going to click through these things, because we're going to have to be on the offensive here on the spiritual front, okay? And we're going to go over some things and some points of prayer, okay? In your bulletin, you should have found a nice little, where did mine go? You should have found a gift tag. Here it is. Here's mine. You should have found a little gift tag, okay? It has our little thing for the, for the series on there. And um, so <clears throat> going in to 2012, okay, a month. From now, four weeks from now, we're going to kick off and in January. We're going to have a series that is going to be geared towards everybody you know. It's going to be real easy. Nobody's going to feel targeted. But it's going to be something that is, it is geared towards, um, towards anybody you would feel like inviting.
Okay? And like every week, we're going to have an opportunity for them to make a decision for Christ. What I want you to do, okay, we're all going to have, have this concerted effort to do something in the new year, okay? And we don't want to push this way off, okay? What we want to do as a church and as a people, we want to make the gift that God gave us count, okay? And move it forward in other people's lives. So I want to challenge you. I've got four lines on here. You can fill it up right on the back if you want to. If it's a person, you don't, there's no compulsion to say you've got to fill this sucker in all the way, okay? But what I want you to do is take this. It's easy for you to slip into your wallet or to your purse or into your Bible, and I want you to say, God, reveal to me some names. And you know what? I'm, some of you are going to be surprised at the names, okay? Because there are going to be people maybe you barely know. Maybe you know them at the gym and you talk to them every once in a while. Maybe you just, it's somebody's, you, both of your kids go to the same school and you all run into each other and at the uh, pickup line at school. I don't know what it is. Some of it's going to be close, tight friends, okay? But I, I want you to say, God... Who do you want me to, <clears throat> to be able to, to share? And what we're going to do is we're going to make this easy. The, <clears throat> the statistics say that most people, it's 80 plus percent of people out there said that they would, that don't go to church, they would, they would go if somebody asked them. That's all it takes is somebody asking, hey, would you like to go with us? Would you be willing to go with us? And so what I'm going to challenge us to do is this isn't a next week deal. This isn't this. We're, we're, we're going to put some concerted prayer into it, okay? We don't want to just do something. But we want to put some prayer in. I'm gonna, we're going to look at how to pray for these people over the next month, okay? But I want you to have this, okay? And, and be thinking. You don't have to fill it out now. Maybe the name jumps in your mind right this moment. We'll go ahead and write it down. That's great. And be praying for these people through this holiday season. They're going to be here in Christ for the almost the rest of the year okay be praying for them in that where they're going to be rolling into the new year their hearts are going to be open for life change in the new year be praying that the holy spirit directs that and that the when an opportune moment comes that there's this boldness there and willingness to just invite them to something that hopefully is making an impact on your life and that's what this is about this is about ultimately Ultimately, making sure that we re-gift. We don't want this to just be a theory. We just don't want this to be some kind of idea we kick around. Oh, yeah, let's re- No, let's do it. Let's do this thing. But we're going to put it, we're going to put prayer into it. We're going to put thought into this thing. We're going to put preparation into this thing. And we're going to take, take opportunity on a natural season in the heart of man, in our culture. People reflect on their lives. And we're going to be... We're going to be ready for this. And what we first thing we want to see is not everybody can see it. Not everybody can see the truth that God loves them. You know, there are people that are out there that are, that are colorblind. And there are things that they can totally see, and then there are other things they can't see. You know, that's one of the reasons why the, our traffic lights, the, the colors are always in the same order. Because the people that are colorblind, red, green, colorblind... It's just the same color from what I'm told. I, don't know, I'm, I can see them. I have to take their, take their word for it. But they understand, okay, this light means I do this. This light in the middle means I do this. This light on the other end means I do this. And it's not about color to them. It's about location to them. 
And they're operating on a different plane because they don't see the way everybody else sees. And so we want to address that. And that happens in the spiritual as well. 2 Corinthians 4 says, The God of this age, now that's the enemy, that's Satan, okay, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. There is this light that shines in. And they're not, they're not getting it for whatever reason. It, it's not that there's some horrible, horrible people. It's not ubu on you. You, you don't understand. It's there, there's, this, there's this concerted effort to, for this blindness to be there. <clears throat> Who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves. Okay? But Jesus Christ as Lord. And ourselves, <clears throat> your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we have this treasure. I'm so glad that we get reminded that, it's, that God understands we're this. That he's given us this light that goes out to those that maybe aren't seeing it or that there's a, there's a spiritual assignment of blindness on their lives and we're, we have this treasure, this light in jars of clay. You say, well, I would really do something. I'd, I'd be willing to talk about God, but this person's probably seen me lose it before. They've probably seen me, heard my vocabulary get a little more colorful than I would like. They know this and this about my past. I, I, I'd feel like a hypocrite. Guess what? We're all hypocrites. None of us measure up to what we're, what we're shooting for. We hold the measure of Jesus up. That's what we're shooting for. We're not shooting to be a better than average human Christian. We're shooting to, be, to, to measure up to Christ. And none of us are there yet. So we're all hypocrites in that. The only time it stinks, the only time hypocrisy stinks in people's nose is if you say, hey, come be like me. And that's why Paul says, you know, we don't preach ourselves, we preach Christ. Hey, I, I'm, I'm moving towards this. I'm still in this game. But hey, God's got something for your life too. And we point people to Jesus. It's okay, folks, that we're jars of clay. God knows that we are dust. And he does this, what? To show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not from man. So how do we pray? We pray for the minds to open to the truth of God's love. We pray their minds open. As you're praying for these with these names, pray that they'll, that they'll see it. Come against that spiritual assignment of blindness on their life. Address it in prayer. Break it off of their life. Use the name of Jesus on that thing. We have authority in Jesus' name. It's hilarious that uh, um, we were shooting a little video for the uh, thing to, tonight, for the kids tonight. And Carson was uh, doing this little video. And you'll, 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 see it ten, you'll see it tonight if you show up tonight. And Carson's doing this video and, he's, and then he videos his sister. And he's kind of picking on her in this deal. And... Um, Anyways, and so and it was hilarious, and I, I thought it was kind of cute, and I appreciated that maybe there's a culture of using the name of Jesus in our household. That was, it was, uh, it was, I took it as a, as a good thing, not as a sacrilege thing. And so because he's sitting there, and he's looking into that camera, and he says, man, Lulu, she's over there, and she's singing, and we're going to sneak up on her, and we're going to go have fun in the name of Jesus. And I was like... <laughs> and so and he comes back, and he said, Dad, I ruined it, I ruined it. I said, in the name of Jesus... 
And I said, what you said? You said, we're going to go. You're going to go record her in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I think I said we're going to do that in Jesus name. And um, so that that's not what we're talking about, about using the name of, Je- name of Jesus. But it should be something that this happens now that we understand that we have some authority because we are connected to God in Christ. And when you're praying on this front, when you're praying on this front, utilize that authority. We don't stand in our own shoes. We stand in the shoes of Jesus. He, and with his blood, he purchased us and has made us co-heirs. Co-heirs. And we are sit there and we can operate and we can, we can address God based on our connection with, with Jesus. So pray for their minds to be open. Also, <clears throat> this darkness blindness thing is pushed back as those with the light let it shine. So we want to pray. There's a, we, we see scripturally there is this, there is this uh, spiritual assignment of blindness there, okay? And then we, if we're going to pray for this blindness to, to be gone, well, then we want some light to be there. You know what? We kill all the lights in here. And, you know, most of our eyes are working pretty good. Um, but we kill all the lights and we're not going to see nothing. It's not that we're blind. It's that the light's not on. So we want to address that next part of it. And Matthew 9 says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask that the Lord of the harvest therefore send out workers into his harvest field. And we see earlier in Matthew that how this works gets addressed. What does it mean to be a harvester for God? Do I go get people in headlocks and drag them to church? No. We do this Matthew 5 way. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The blindness we address... We address that, and then we let's turn on the lights. And guess what the light is? God in you. God in you. That's the light. That's the light. That is the beautiful thing of this. Is he takes what he's done in you, and then he multiplies it into other people's lives. And so the next thing we pray for is for people to enter their lives who point them to Jesus. Okay? We don't want to be the lone rangers on this. We don't go, oh, this is going to be my, my person away from God that I'm going to bring to you. No, no, no. We don't. We bring in, pray. Maybe somebody else invites them to church. That's okay. That's okay. We want them connected with God. You're like, oh, Pastor Brandon, I, they were gonna, I was going to invite them. But, man, two weeks before, they invited them to that church across town, and now they're active members over there. <clears throat> no, no, no. That's awesome. That's a win. That's fantastic. We want the kingdom of God to expand. Let's pray and however God does it, let's, let's, let's let him sort that part out. Let's just be willing to be used of God. That's what we have to do. So pray for people to enter their lives that point them to Jesus. That by the time you come along and you invite them, that somebody, they're like, you know what? This person's talked to me about this and this person has. And uh, I love getting reports back that when y'all invite somebody, you're telling me, yeah, that so-and-so had already invited them. That some of y'all, that's a couple of people have worked at them and they finally end up. That's awesome. 
And we also need to understand that this light shining thing includes being willing to talk about Jesus. We obviously, we want to allow his goodness and his nature and the changes in our lives to show, but we have to embrace that part. Then we're going to have to open our mouths. Acts 4 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name, there's that again, of your servant Jesus After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. This is physically shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Now see, they didn't pray for the resistance to stop. They prayed for boldness to go through. Okay? Sometimes sometimes there may be some resistance in this thing. And we don't get holed up in the corner going, oh Lord, make it easier, make it easier. We say, God, give me some boldness to just go ahead and do this. Greater are you that is in us than he who's in the world. <clears throat> Ephesians 6 is it, and pray for me. This is Paul talking. That utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds so that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we're going to pray that the, against the dark, the blindness that's an assignment on them. We're going to pray that other people, you're not, the, you're not the solo, the lone ranger in their life. Pray for other people to connect with them and then pray for boldness for yourself and for others to be able, when the time comes, to be able to pull the trigger and just have that conversation. Okay? Just have that conversation. See, God's plan A is still to use people to reach people. That's been his plan A from the very beginning. We saw that. We talked about it in the first week. That here were these shepherds remote, no influence, no nothing. And the angels show up to them. And they go out and they make their journey over to the manger. And they see Jesus and they see all that went happened. And then they go into town and they start telling everybody. God loves to use people to reach people. And this means that you are included. 2 Samuel 14. I love this truth. Like water spilled on the ground which cannot be recovered, so we must die. It's, it's, a, it's happening. Jesus doesn't come back. Everybody's going to cross that bridge. Okay? But God does not take away life. Instead, he devises ways so that a banished person may not remain estranged from him. God is the general in this thing. And he's thinking up ways and positioning people. What we're, our challenge is, is to say, God, use me in however you want to use me. I want to be a piece in your plan. Because guess what? He wants to use you. People are part of the plan. Second Corinthians says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Merry Christmas. Woo! That is the biggest Merry Christmas ever. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled. Be connected to God. See folks, this Christmas season, wherever you go, Make sure that the greatest Christmas gift 
that has ever been given gets re-gifted, gets passed forward. That's what these tags are about. That's what we've been talking about. That's why one of the reasons we have the Holy Spirit. It's not just to guide us in our daily life for our own wisdom's sake, to make our own lives better. That's a part of it. But it's so that we have a direct communication link with God as He is devising plans to connect people, those that are away from Him, the banished ones, back to Him. What a beautiful thing. That that's what God's doing in heaven. He's not looking to ways to punish. He's thinking up ways to reconnect people with Him. Oh, that is good news. That is such good news. So this morning, you get part of this. You get connected by first saying, you know what, God? I feel that tug on, your, of, on my heart. That I know that I have been one of those banished people. I've been away from you. And God, I recognize and I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for sending him to take care of the sin and the weight that was holding me down. Sin issue has to be dealt with. And Jesus came and dealt with it. And now the beautiful thing is, is what we do is we say, my sin gets accounted to what to the death Jesus did. I place mine on him. And then the resurrected life that he lives, I embrace that life now as my life. That's the place of faith. That's it. He's done it and we say yes to it. So this morning, I'd appreciate it if everybody would bow your heads and close your eyes. And this morning, if somebody's here and needs to say yes to that greatest gift ever, then we're going to create a quiet moment for you to do that. If that's you, and nobody looking around, I want you to just slip your hand up. I want you to just slip it up, and we want to pray with you. If that's you this morning. Awesome. All right, believers, I just ask you to just pray with me. These are not magic words again. These are the, the truth, the life happens when you make them your own. Just pray this out with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he did death for me. And I apply my sin to his death. And I take the life that he gives. I ask you to change me from the inside out. Today I am your child. And you are my father. And I receive it now. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Yes. This <laughs> is the best ever. Best ever. I just thank y'all so much for being here. We just, I just want to pray over us as we leave and uh, go out of here. Y'all remember, we've got the kids thing tonight. It's going to be uh, wonderful. I think you'll be real blessed by it tonight. So I encourage you to come out and just enjoy uh, some time we get to spend together this holiday season. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy that it is so real. And it is so tangible and it is so ours, Heavenly Father. Lord, that we also get to pass it on. We get to give it away.
God, and we thank you for that. Lord, we just ask, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would guide us, God, on who we're supposed to be praying for over the next few weeks. Lord, that when we come to that, to that moment, Heavenly Father, Lord, that the, that the ground would be watered, Heavenly Father, and the hearts would be ripe and ready. God, Lord, and that the people who are disconnected from you, Lord, would be reconnected. Lord, we want to be a part of that, and we thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Have a wonderful afternoon, and I'll see you tonight.